This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, welcome. This is podcast three of the 22-23 season here at uh, Shrimpnet Towers, which obviously is completely in my head and doesn't exist anywhere else. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and thanks for the positive feedback. Uh, you're quite welcome to give negative feedback, but I don't read it. Um, as we wait in this season for our first goal, <laughs> uh, we discuss this week's on-field and off-field news. Uh, joining the uh, traditional Statler and Waldorf of podcasting, I'm happy that we have the fresh-faced and fun-packed boardroom doyen, James Wakefield. Welcome along. Hi, Freeze. Hi, Joe. Hi, Tom. Uh, and, oh, you've just given, given away our other guests, but people can see that anyway. So, uh, And also we have the Statman, who gives our own prawn-sarny-loving Joel a run for his pocket money. <laughs> Uh, the guru recently from Peru. See what I did there? See what I did? Uh, Tom Collins, Shrimps Online. Welcome, Tom. Brilliant to be here. Good evening, Dave. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for calling me, Joel, Dave. James. Thanks for calling me, Dave. I do hate that. <laughs> David, sorry. <laughs> I suppose that's you getting your own back from your cheesy, cheesy intro. I can't complain at that. So we'll start, we'll start where we mean to go on. We'll start with the... Our predictions for last week at uh, Peterborough. Um, we were a little bit ambitious there, Posh. <laughs> at the Posh, weren't we, Joel? Yeah, a little bit, but I, yeah, just predictions. I think I think I basically just predict a win every time because you know I can't I can't be bothered thinking about negative thoughts. So uh... <laughs> it's what it's what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, just go with that every time. But no, yeah, I thought to be honest, I honestly thought that the the, uh, the performance was really quite good. It was. Probably above what a bit more uh, above a bit above what I expected. Really, I thought we matched Peterborough in lots of ways. I thought we were set up quite solidly at times. We defended quite well, and obviously in the first half we have that really good chance after they've gone ahead with with Cole going through on goal. Uh, but yeah, we we miss it, and obviously you know what they say, and it is true. Goals change, uh, goals change games. You know, if, if Cole puts that one away, then. You know the momentum switches around a bit, and then maybe we'll be able to get, uh, get back into the game a bit more. But obviously not. And then obviously their two their two goals in the first half as well. You know, it's, it's a long shot, and then a bit of a chaotic set piece that doesn't quite get cleared. And it wasn't really like they carved this open, but you can see the quality they have. They put some really nice moves together at getting up the pitch. But I thought yeah. we we're still pretty firm. But second half we push, they hit us on the counter. It happens. But still, we had a couple of good chances. Hunters have one from close range. Obviously, keepers rushed out quite quickly to uh, block him. And obviously, Abika at the end when the game doesn't really matter. But it's still, we created a chance. And obviously, we'll discuss more about this later, I'm sure. But while we've not got the goal yet, we're, we're creating chances. So I'd be more worried if we weren't creating any chances at all. But considering we are creating some, you know, it is something to take heart from. And I thought overall, you know, I've got to be relatively happy with the performance from that. And uh, James, uh, I, I saw the lovely pictures of you with uh, one of your daughters. Um, a great a great day out, like you say. They're a, they're a nice club. Um, and I remember when they approached for Jack Redshaw, they did it in the right way and Jack didn't end up going there, but they, they were very professional in their approach and they looked after, didn't want to rip Morecambe off, etc., etc. They do do things the right way. They're a, a yo-yo club between us and the championship, aren't they? Uh, and so it's not. It wasn't really expected we would go there and get much. No, maybe not. But we we actually gave them a game um, yeah. at, at half time. I, I I turned turned to everybody else and said we could easily get ourselves back into this, and and we 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 created proper chances. Um, so we could easily have, have come out of that with a with a one all draw, two all draw, or, or even a win. Um, they just they they were just they were just ruthless and and slightly more fortunate than we were, um, and that's that. Um, three nil. It always seems silly to come away from a three nil loss and talk about anything other than than you know how how disappointed you are. But no, I didn't come away discouraged. I was really, really, really quite impressed with what I saw in midfield. 
um, I thought that um, we, we, we created we created chances against a team that is, as you say, it's a yo-yo team. It's a, it's a championship slash league one slash championship slash league one. It's, it's this season's Rotherham. Um, and they're, they're a good side off the field. They're a really good club. They do things properly. They're, they're sustainable um, and they don't waste money on things they don't need. They just spend money on the things that they do need. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 my first ever game at Peterborough, like the club, um, we could have come away with a different result. I wasn't discouraged. And uh, coming to you, Tom, you saw the game. Um, uh, it, it, as Joel has alluded to, goals do team change games. And we've had uh, the one-on-one with Dylan Connolly and the one-on-one. I don't blame players for, you know, if a keeper saves a one-on-one, it was a good save. Keeper stuck his leg out, guessed right. And I don't blame Cole because you've got to make a split decision. Do I take him on? Do, do I try and hit it early? But like you say, it does change games. And at the moment, it's not quite going for us. And it really could be just down to all James says, just a little bit of luck. Yeah, and I think with, <clears throat> with Cole, obviously, there's a lot of talk about him at the moment. And you can create narratives very quickly. But we've just got to remember it's only the third game into the season, if you include Stoke as well. So scores on Saturday and everyone says, you know, a couple of goals on Saturday and everyone says he's on fire. One thing I'd like to point out, I thought the ball in from Ash Hunter didn't get enough recognition. I thought it was a lovely weighted ball. Yep. Through to Cole. Um, I think the keeper needs a bit of credit. Cole needs to score that, though. Is it, if you look at the chances taken last season, they'll be very disappointed. And um, but like you say, we've we've um, like the others have said, we've created some good chances. And I kind of um, came away feeling also weirdly optimistic as well because I thought we probably had our least best defensive display um, in terms of perhaps guarding. Outside the area, that was perhaps where we were letting shots get off from 25 yeah. yards. And perhaps in League Two, you can let them because they'll probably go either into the keeper's hands or out wide. Whereas when you're getting championship level players, they'll find the bottom corner or they'll, they'll hit it with a bit more venom. So I think that's perhaps the area was a bit disappointed in the Peterborough game was just perhaps how we're marshalling the edge of the box. And I noticed that a little bit of the Shrewsbury game as well. Um, and that's perhaps just players understanding their role a bit and um, a lot of new players coming in as well. So, um, but but in terms of like the forward play, I thought um, as uh, James pointed out, I thought the midfield look, did well, and um, I thought at times Cole really linked up well. It reminded me a bit of how Derek was structuring it in our League Two promotion season, where uh, Cole has drops deeper, and then yeah. the others run behind, run beyond him, like um, Hunter yeah. and Taylor and forever else so um, I think it was encouraging to be honest I wasn't expecting an awful lot from that game and I think we gave a reasonable account of ourselves so yeah um, we just need a goal and I'm sure things will come together but it's good to see generally as looking pretty organised and also not conceding for every set piece coming <laughs> yeah good point um, I think obviously uh, most people listening are aware our guest last week was uh, um, club captain Connor Ripley and I admired him straight away because he came out straight after the game and said, I hold my hands up, my, you know, my fault for the first goal. And uh, I like that in a player because if, if you make a mistake, the best thing to do is stick your hand up and say, yeah, I could, I could have done better. Uh, and uh, I, I like honesty in a player, Joel, and it was nice to hear Connor say that straight away. Yes, we, yeah. know, we, we, know, we, know, we know goals change games, but when people stick their hand up going, I could have done better, you're like, yeah, fair enough, you can work on that. Yeah, definitely. I think it was a funny one, really, because I think you, you could. I remember watching it in real time. I, I was kind of a, of a similar opinion. Maybe could have done a bit better. And obviously, you know, he's the authority on that, and that's what he's admitted. So you know, you, you're definitely going to take his word for it. At the same time, I remember watching it back from the angle from the other stand. It is. It's not nice that shot. I think uh, Tom said about having players shoot from uh, the edge of the area of. Yeah. League one slash championship quality compared to League two quality, they are going to hit it with more venom. And that was, while it, it was one that probably should really still be saved at the same time, it had a bit of, you know, bit of horribleness about it. You know, it was kind of, it felt like it was swerving out a little bit. It was that, that funny little, with a bit, little bit of dip on it, that funny little height where you're mm. not entirely sure whether you go along the ground or you keep yourself, you don't, Put your knees in the floor or whatever. So it, it wasn't a nice shot to try and save, obviously. But you know, he's put his hands up, and you got, to, like you say, you've got to admire the honesty because at the end of the day, I think you know, players make mistakes. They don't mean to. It happens, and 
you do have that's just part and parcel of football. Uh, and it's kind of it's nice to see him kind of get ahead of that. I don't think fans should fans shouldn't beat up players in regardless of whether they own up to it or not, if they've just made an honest mistake, because they are gonna happen. But I think in, in many ways him just or the Xander, but almost kind of negates that. It's <laughs> it kind of just says, you know what, it's there and it's out on the table and, and yeah, I, no, nobody was hammering him for it. No, I, as far as I could see, there was like people in replying with encouragement, so that was good to see. Yeah, and I, I think it's um, <laughs> it was what I I I used to say in the commentary because being a Morecambe fan, I used to say he'll be disappointed with that, <laughs> and that was about as critical as I could get because the simple fact is nobody does it on purpose, like you've said. But I, I I'll take I take a point here that that uh, was a good point made by Tom, which I think folds nicely into the Stoke City game and the fact that we were we were particularly you're right against Shrewsbury but also more so against Peterborough we were letting people shoot from the edge of the box and I'll move to the Stoke City game on Tuesday night and I think basically Tom from what I saw on Tuesday night I think Derek spotted that as well and it very much we defended sort of five yards, ten, seven yards, eight, maybe, maybe further out on Tuesday night against Stoke because we reduced them to sort of five shots all night. I'll just unmute there. Um, yeah, no, um, I, I, I can't remember the exact stats, but I keep mentioning the promotion winning season because I, I genuinely think Derek is trying to emulate that kind of strategy. And I remember like, I can't remember the exact stats, but we had one of the highest number of shots against us. But so often in games, we just kind of get people to a safe distance and they would take lots of shots and then not a lot would come off it. Yes, we did concede goals, but I think Derek's very much of the idea that let them take shots from safe distances. You know, the odd one will go in. Um, but if you can restrict them to long chances and um, long shots and they don't get many close ranges, then you're probably going to have quite a few clean sheets. And as we've seen so far, we've, we've had two out of three. So um, it's encouraging. I think um, I mentioned something after the game on Tuesdays. Who would have imagined we'd have a back three of um, Rawson, Delaney and Gibson and keep clean sheets? For them? It's, um, and I think it comes back to what I've always said about Derek. It's less about the players and more about the system and some of parts and just getting people really organised and knowing their role. And um, it yeah. seemed to work well on, on Tuesday and we thoroughly frustrated Stoke. I think I, to add to that point, sorry, about uh, the, the kind of shots that we allow, I think another interesting point, I, I kind of noticed this a bit in, in the promotion season, I was just looking back at the, the stats in the Stoke game. We had, I think they, they had 21 shots in total, only five of them were on target, uh, seven off goal, but uh, nine of them were blocked. And I think that's something that we see as well. And I think maybe speaking about being a bit more proactive on the edge of the area and, and getting to getting to people a bit quick, I think it's maybe kind of also a case of having them take the shots from safer positions, but also when they do get a bit closer as well, making sure that the shots aren't easy. Because, you know... The, the, I think Usman stopped about eight of them himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just as he does throwing his uh, spindly legs he in front of everything. He absolutely, <laughs> he absolutely loves it. But yeah, he absolutely loves it. So. And it, it's kind of that almost that case of you know, a shot from 20, 20, 20 yards isn't the easiest. If there's nobody around you, you might do a good job of it. If there are three people charging at you, it's going to get blocked. You're going to rush it or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of a combination of that kind of putting them in harder positions, but also making sure they don't get any easy shots away. Which we did on against Stoke. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I liked the way Stoke played. They they brought it out from the back, they built the right way. I particularly like the the right centre-back who was willing to take people on and have a go. And, and the two or three times it was like, Jesus, you've got to stop him because he's made 30 yards there. And, uh, it, you know, we sussed that out. But bizarrely, we sussed it out with 10 men, which I thought was a really strange thing to do. But um, all on the whole, we've got to be happy with that. Yes, we got to penalties, James, but we did well to get to penalties. I think, personally, I thought Jensen Weir was unlucky to be sent off. I don't think it, the first one was even a foul. He got the ball and the bloke made a meal of it. Um, he was running alongside him from where I was in the Barticard. 
get cleanly got the ball and he may well have brushed him across the chest, but the guy went down like he'd been shot. But it is what it is. And I know Michael O'Neill's come out and said since then that oh Morecambe should have at least two more sent off. I don't know what game he was watching, but I mean that's obviously ludicrous. We had the temerity to tackle them about 50 times, which obviously you're not allowed to do. But um come the penalties, as I put on my tweet. Uh, we turned into to Liverpool. We were just we never looked like missing, did we? It was a fantastic evening. The one thing that I want to talk about, James, is the crowd got behind the, the team when we went down to 10 men and the team responded. And what you saw was, yes, we can call it Derek Bull, but this lot are together. That came out as clear as day, didn't it, James? Yeah, definitely. Um, and um, And I think that, you know, opposition managers' reactions are often... Uh, as related to um, the nature of the game, they've just seen the team um, play as, as they are what the referee has or hasn't done or the decisions they have and haven't made. Um, it's frustrating playing against, against a team that's not trying to keep possession, um, but is still creating chances and is just blocking you at every single opportunity you create. Uh, and I, I, you know, again, I feel for Michael O'Neill. He came to Morecambe on a, on a Tuesday night with a decent team. And played for half an hour with 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 a, with, a, with an advantage and could not break us down. And actually, as you say, we were we were better actually in that last half an hour. It's like we, we worked it out. Um, so yeah, it's really frustrating. You come as a championship manager to a team and play against ten men for for, for a third of the game. You should win it, and and they didn't. So um, yeah, you know, I'm, I don't. I, I almost feel for them a bit. Um, penalties wise, they were they were they were really good. I thought Shane was maybe a tiny bit lucky. Um, that could easily have gone somewhere else, but who cares because it's the winning penalty and that's all that matters. What I will say is the best single ball in the Peterborough game was Shane McLaughlin after he'd only been on for a few seconds. It was, yeah. Into John and John Beaker. And there was literally only one person you could aim for on the whole pitch. Yeah. And he managed to put it on John Beaker's foot. And I'm sure John has, um, has said a couple of words to Shane in the, cha- in the changing room. Um, but yeah, it, 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 was, it was a cracking win. Really, really good to see. And as Tom says, there's the shades of 2020, uh, 2021 um, in, in the way that we're playing and the way that we're blocking and the way that we're, 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 we're adapting, uh, adapting to the, the opposition's game. It's really, really encouraging. And I, I know I said it in the intro, Joel, as a bit of a joke, but obviously we are awaiting our first goal. But as, as Tom has pointed out, we conceded 88 goals last season. We've had two clean sheets. And as long as that continues, that'll do for me. Yeah, it's a good foundation to start from. I was actually going, on the way to the game. I actually said to the uh, to a friend, I said, uh, you know, you know, I'll, I, I I was after Derek said that they'd smash Blackpool. I was a bit like, oh bloody hell. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking, you know what? Not too fast about result, but you know what? I'll take a goal or a goal or two just to kind of get us going a little bit tonight. But no, uh, no goals, but uh, a win of sorts. So you know, really, really happy with it. I think. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because we we still conceded quite a lot uh, in in that promotion season, but there was that kind of we've touched on it already that that kind of unity about our defence, mm-hmm. and you know you can really really see that especially in the Stoke game and uh, you know to come back, come away off a bit of a disappointing three 0 as well. Nobody's at each other's throats. We're all just packing it, banding together to take the setback of being down to ten men, which I you know I agree. I thought it was harsh. I think. It was, it was funny that first yellow card because he's running alongside the Stoke player. I think there's a there might be a bit a little bit of a nick, and then he realizes that he might be off balance. He pulls away and then Love makes a tackle, which is a fair tackle. Yeah, and that's why he goes down. But I don't think that needs to be a yellow card at all. The no. Stoke player was running into four walking players. He wasn't away, so it shouldn't really be a yellow. But if I'm honest, and the second one, again, a, a, a better ref thinks. No need to get the yellow out here. It's a bit of a silly challenge from Jensen, let's be honest, but and it doesn't it, need it, to get the yellow out there. Just calm it down, have a word, control the game a bit better. But, you know, uh, he wanted to be the main character, didn't he? So, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I Like I say, I, I'm the same as you. I don't like criticising referees, but Ash Hunter was very, very lucky not to get that. <laughs> but so was the gentleman who, who came up from behind him and pushed him in the face. But yeah, what annoyed yeah. me about that whole scenario was, was that, they played down the left wing and put a cross in while that was all still going on when he should have stopped the game because there was a basically one of our players and two of their players in a scuffle and he should have stopped it straight away. But well, he gave was, play yeah. on. Forgot, he oh, gave play on yeah. and <laughs> they went down the left-hand side and got a cross in. Ryan Delaney cleared it, but that's not the point. It was like, that's my only criticism of the referee. That needed stopping. And <laughs> 
bearing in mind I was stood next to a fan at about half seven watching the officials warm up, and the fan was more knowledgeable than me, more knowledgeable than me, because he said straight away, "That's the guy who's who's made a right cock up at Accrington on Saturday and sat, sent the wrong man off." And I went, oh, oh, "Was that, it? Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it was." So I went, well, that augurs well, doesn't it? So it's, it's if you haven't watched that, it's worth watching it. And, and the FA's excuse for the situation is exactly. very bizarre. But yeah, uh, right. talking of. Um, more uh, uh, what you just mentioned there, Ryan Delaney clearing the ball. Just you know, another word on what a change man he's been this season, and uh, I think it's worth worth mentioning again. Now, I'm sure we'll talk about it more at some point. But J- Jacob Badeau's come in, and obviously we know Jacob's a fantastic player. Uh, but at the same time, you you don't want to just be relying on two, two first choices centre backs. You want to have a squad of players competing. You want Ryan Delaney when another left footed centre back comes in. Not to go to go. No, no, no. I've started the season quite well. I'm going to fight for my place in the side, and and, and that's what he's doing. So that's really good to see. And you want that competitive squad of people who are carrying out Derek's instructions. Have you have you got a copy of my script there? Because my next question for Tom was just <laughs> that, in the fact that I was going to give Tom the opportunity to say, you know, me included, we'd we'd all we'd, most of us had written off Ryan Delaney, and yet there were two there were two interceptions in the first half where he was alive. And Faz got a little bit. Faz got a little. Faz isn't the quickest, but he got he got a little bit caught out just five yards too far. And all of a sudden, there was a man closing in on the edge of the box, and Ryan Delaney with two fantastic, excellently timed tackles. And uh, we need more of that, Tom, don't we? Yeah, I think um, I think it would take a, a very brave man to say that they didn't want Delaney off the books at, after last season. I think. Yeah. Um, across the board and um, I don't think Ryan would hold people against him I think he went to a league too loan um, but um, I mean it's great to see that he's been given the chance I think it must have been a confidence boost to get a, a low squad number um, and Derek's clearly liked his attitude and thinks he can work with him and um, you know and that's sometimes you've got to do you've got to work with what you've got and the resources you've got in the time if we can't shift other players they might have to use one or two of the others he can't shift as well um, but yeah, it's, it's it's great to see Delaney, and I think it's it's also by design as well in terms of like bringing Gibson in the middle of the defence and just having that experience. Um, yeah. One one thing I think um, it's I've thought about this a lot, and I think the impact of having uh, Faz in there um, has a big impact. Um, I put a stat on on the week. I think he's I think it was eighty seven percent of headers he's won. He's only lost one header in each of his games so far. And it just made me wonder, like, to an extent, whether last season you signed a six-foot-four defender and he had that responsibility to be the first man in the air. And perhaps that was perhaps not the pressure he needed. Maybe he was crying out for a Rawson to to take control of the aerial stuff and him just to be kind of a little bit in the background. And um, so maybe that's helped him out a little bit. Um, but I actually agree. It's it's really interesting to see if and what changes would be made. And I agree with with Joel. Um, it would be very unlike Derek if he dropped Delaney now because yeah. he needs a small squad of, what, 22, 23 players. Yeah. And if you remember the promotion, I keep theme of the night tonight, but um, promotion winning season, there was no player that just came straight back in. No. If you remember, I think it was Sam got sent off. Sam Lavelle got sent off at one stage. Yeah. And uh, Knight Percival and Davies were was doing a cracking job and he couldn't get yeah, back that in. Was, that was Newport, wasn't it? And they didn't get back in straight away. That's right. Yeah, Newport Hobie got sent off and then he couldn't get back in. And I, I don't think there was any player that just could just walk back in. And what that does is it means that everyone's got to do it on the training pitch. Everyone's got to put in the performances. And um, I think it's really refreshing that gives people the opportunity and, and Delaney shows that Derek could be yeah, can be quite strong with his opinions and he's actually managed to change him so far so let's not get too excited too soon because on the flip side I've said don't get too negative on some players I think we've also got to work the other way that let's yeah. not get too excited so I think at the moment it's very encouraging from Ryan and one way to continue. Well like I said uh, two clean sheets that's uh, that's <laughs> that's better than 88 conceded isn't it but I, one thing, and, and I, it was a point that I want to make in the fact that uh, yet again, uh, 
the 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 subs were warming up, and it did look at one point like he was he was considering Adam Smith coming on for Connor Ripley for the penalties. Uh, but then they had a player down, and it didn't happen. But uh, I turned to everybody, everybody who I stand with in the Barty card, and I said, "He will bring. It's eighty-eight minutes. He'll bring a Beaker and Connolly on because they both take penalties." And everybody went, "Well, why would he do that? We've got extra time." I went, "No, we're straight to penalties." And sure enough, James, he did just that, and they didn't let us down. No, I'm not muted. It's good. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it's funny, I was listening to Derek's um, interview today. I didn't, I didn't chat to him after the Stoke game, um, but I was listening to his interview today, and he said it was quite easy to pick the penalty takers because um, he had four, and then Shane McLaughlin put his hand up, which is quite nice to hear in, in a way. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and they, they, they were they were decent penalties. I mean, you know, their first penalty was one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Um, and that's wonderful. That's that's brilliant. Took all the pressure off, and all we had to do was stick it stick it in the middle of the corner. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a surprise to see. And I think um, you know, you know, Derek Derek makes good changes, and he stands by the changes he makes, um, whether they're in a game or not. And sometimes they come off, and sometimes they don't. I think he actually said at Peterborough when he changed things up in the second half, that actually we didn't create as much as we did. Um, and he was the first person to say in his post match interview, "I made the changes and." It didn't have the impact I thought it might might have. Um, yeah, yeah, good good penalties on on Tuesday night, helped by the fact that their first was one of the worst I've ever seen. Well, no, it, it, to be fair, I, I think it's joined Chris Waddle from uh, Italia nineteen geostationary <laughs> orbit around the Earth. You could treat it as a satellite, uh, and and bizarrely, I was talking to Joel about this, and because somebody somebody had posted online, and Tom was involved in this. When was the last time we won on penalties? And bizarrely, it was Grimsby in the Carabao Cup. And Alex Kenyon's penalty was not that different to that one, to be honest. And I'm sure Alex won't mind me mentioning that. Uh, good luck at Chester, Alex. But the, the final thing I want to talk about the Stoke game, uh, the crowd is fantastic. The, <laughs> I did think it was ironic that uh, it was sort of 26 degrees at 7.45 at night and the Berlin Wall had about 200 people on it. And yet, the home game against Shrewsbury when it was 12 degrees and, and absolutely chucking it down, it was absolutely packed. So it just goes to show you, you can't trust the British weather. But uh, a great a, a great atmosphere on the night. The one thing I want to talk about, uh, and, and I'm sure Derek knows this, we all want to see a little bit more of Caleb Watts because when he came on, we're, even when we had 10 men, he proved a threat, James. Yeah, he did, and I, th I think that's the nice thing. We've got options in midfield this year. Um, you know, I, I was I, even at Peterborough when we were two 0 down. I was like, this is a technically capable midfield we've got. You know, the ball was pinging around, um, and Caleb came on the other night and really showed something. So I think I think we've we've got some quite nice technical players in the midfield um, this year. Um, so yeah, I, it's entirely down to the people who actually understand football to decide what combination is right for each for each game. But Caleb, Caleb's shown shown some real form. But Jensen, Jensen Weir was good against Peterborough. Jake's showing good form as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's really encouraging that we've got we've got this this this, this these options in midfield. Um, you know, we, we, we've always had we've always had good midfielders, and we always had Toombs and we had Aaron last year. But we seem to have quite a few players who can create something this year. And I've not even mentioned Ash Hunter. It's it's, it's encouraging. And looking looking at going back to Caleb when he came on, uh, just a little. He, he just got that little something where a drop of the shoulder creates half a yard of space on the edge of the box, and he whipped that shot in. And uh, I thought it clipped the bar. I looked at it again; it just sort of dipped over it. But I mean, that brought the crowd to life, Joel. Yeah, I nearly, uh, I was nearly throwing prawn sandwiches down at everybody for his. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Good yeah, point. Uh, it, Good point, well made. <laughs> I, I love, I, I love the way you play. My, I, mean, I know we've not seen very much from so far, but like, I, I really like. There's a there's an element of tenacity in the way he gets the ball and, and the way he kind of likes to take it on the turn. And like you say, sell those little kind of drop shoulders to try and work himself a bit of space. And I think what, what what's really impressed me, I think, is I think you don't always get this from loanies coming from academy clubs. Uh, sorry, like a big, big academies when they're playing tw under 23s every week. He's got a level of intensity and bravery that you won't always see. He's very kind of, forthright when he gets the ball in like like we said he turns and he tries to make a bit of space and he'll try to go forward with the ball he likes very to, positive you know, isn't he yeah, yeah he likes to you know he'll drive with it he'll make a full pass and you don't always see that i think 
I don't know if it's something to do with how I know obviously Southampton are quite an intense team under Hasenhutl, so maybe that's kind of passed down to the academy. I don't know, but you know, I, I like the way he has that bit of aggression about how he likes to play, and obviously caps it off with a with a really really coolly taken penalty. Uh, I think Abika and uh, Conley were my favourites, but that one was a very cool one as well. And and looking at, I want to talk a little bit about um, Jake Taylor, Tom. Uh, Jake Taylor. Um, it comes with a, a good pedigree, and I personally I like what I've seen so far. I think he can be, um, if he can get into the box a bit more, particularly he can be our decent replacement for Adam Phillips, hopefully, because I like what he gives us. Because he's another one who's not frightened to taking risks, and that's what you need in a, a sort of a midfielder who can play that final pass. Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with uh, Jake Taylor so far, and when we signed him, I thought. Wow, it, it's strange that we managed to get him. Really, it seems mm. seems odd that they've let him go. It just doesn't something doesn't really add up because he's he's a good age, and um, you know it's nice to see opposition fans um, upset when they lose a player. It, it, and um, Port Vale fans were quite surprised. Obviously, had he's had um, a little bit of an injury setback, but he's still young to um, progress. But what I've liked about him, he, he looks very technically strong and he reads the game well. Um, I remember there was a particular incident in the Shrewsbury game when he came on, where he, he dragged the ball, he, he was quite quick off the mark, dragged the ball up the field, and you could tell he was he was like anticipating where the, the next pass should go because I think he slipped in Ashwanta to the left side, and then later on there was um, uh, Max Melvin was dashing into the box Shrewsbury game again, and he he just managed to play a little clever little ball. Um, I, I really like his awareness of what's going on around him, and he seems to be strong technically. Looks raw, looks like yeah. there's um, yeah. he's raw to work with. And um, but Derek's clearly um, been tracking him for a while, and um, I think he's quite selective of who he wants in the side. And I think he's got his man there that he really wants, and he can see him there. And it was interesting the comparisons he mentioned about how he could see him being like an Aaron Wildig type role of dipping into the box. I also remember being at the Macclesfield friendly and, and he, he did seem to get into the box and get some shots off. So still trying to figure out his game, but um, overall feel very positive about his start. Um, early days, but yeah, it looks like a good signing. And uh, an, an interesting conversation I had with uh, a mate who was in the stand and he, he rang me before the game the other night and said, uh, who, who would, uh, I met a bloke I met a bloke sat next to me who uh, he wants to know, he, he lives in uh, Stockport, he wants to know if the coach will pick him up to go to away games because he wants to go to Oxford. So I gave him some information. I said, just just ring Natalie at the club and obviously, you know, if you don't get anywhere, you know, but Natalie will sort it out because she's genius. But And then I, I sent him that this morning and he sent it back. He said, oh, thanks very much. I've just realised it was Jake Taylor's dad. <laughs> So uh, good luck with getting on. If you're listening to this, Jake Taylor's dad, I hope you get the coach somewhere at the M6 when we're going to Oxford, fingers crossed. Um, so moving on, um, I just want to talk a little bit about the impact uh, of, of, I mean, I, I absolutely love the, the uh, Conor Ripley's Twitter photograph yesterday of uh, that they'd mocked up of Tyson Fury and uh, Isaac Lowe. Um, uh uh, wishing them good luck for the Stoke game. And it was Big Faz and Donald Love in a yellow shirt, crouching down, pretend to be as small as Isaac. But I just want to talk about the impact of, uh, as we now know, in Big Faz. Because obviously, Farron Rawson, uh, Forest Green Rovers, and some time at Mansfield. But uh, he has looked a typical, no-nonsense Derek centre-back. And for me, he's, he's looked absolutely rock-solid, James. Yeah, I mean, as, as Tom said, he's he's barely barely lost a header, and he's not played against um, slouches either. He's played against Peterborough and, and Stoke City. Um, he's um, he's great, and I think um, I think go back to what Tom said as well. That combo of someone who who just wants to win every single ball in the air, and somebody else who's willing to play with the feet and stride out a bit is is a really good combo. So um, I I really hope Ryan continues his, his resurrection. Um, I think he deserves he deserves all the plaudits he's getting for what's happened so far. We know that Jacob can play with his feet as well. Liam with his feet. Um, so that that combo of, of, of Faz just winning those balls um, and, and commanding his area, and, and then other people um, sort of with their heads up, is, is really encouraging. It's early days, so shouldn't get too encouraged or discouraged with anybody. But 
he's he's a lot of fun to watch. And um, again, you know, he just just he just doesn't lose a header. You 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 see the ball in the air. And I remember um, last season when we played against Wickham Wanderers away, and we were um, we were we were we were two nil up, and even when we were two nil up, the ball was coming over the top, and you were like, oh hell fire, who's winning this? Sam Vokes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But the other day, the other day against Peterborough, actually, the game so far this season, Baz, if it's anywhere near him, he's got a ninety percent chance of winning it. That's that, and that makes a huge difference to the, to the way that everybody else can play around them. So, so yeah, really, really good start. Seems like a really nice bloke as well. Um, very, very encouraging. And uh, obviously, the great news Tuesday night, Joel, was that, um, and I'm sure we'll find the story from James, but. We've managed to manufacture a two-year deal for Jacob Beddo, and that that whets the appetite, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, when we had Jacob on last time, we talked about uh, line and gazelle or uh, cat and dog uh, uh, partnerships at centre back, and he kind of built up with one of those with uh, with Reece Bennett a little bit last season, and you know, to be able, you know, you can definitely see him developing that kind of a relationship with with somebody like Rawson, who is so aggressive and just wins so much in the air. And then Jacob, Jacob's no slouch in the air, you know, but, <coughs> you know, he brings, he has a lot of other sides to his games that are more kind of notable. So obviously, like we say, there's the, the, the distribution, you know, he's great with the ball at his feet, but kind of in, in tying in with that, his, his mobility is great. He's quick. He can cover, cover a bit of space behind him. And I think he, in, in one, one V one duels, when you've got an attacker in a bearing down on him, you know, he, he handles those situations so well because he's good with his feet and he's quick. And, and he stays and, on his feet. Exactly. And he's agile and he's able to deal with those really tricky situations, which, you know, when when a lot, you know, a lot of centre backs, you know, especially at our level, they're quite big fellas. And uh, when they get when they get a, a person running at them one on one, it's a bit, uh, there's only one winner a lot of the time. But with Jacob, you know, he's fantastic at that. And then to get him on a two year deal permanent is just yeah, fantastic. Uh, Obviously, James might be able to speak more, a bit more about that, uh, how that happened, or maybe not. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think we all kind of held out a little bit of hope about, you know, maybe getting him back on loan for this season. But to be honest, I, I you know, when I just quickly checked my phone on the way up to the uh, to, to the game on on Tuesday, I was like, what? <laughs> not just a loan, a two year deal, and obviously paying the fee. Obviously, you know, it shows how much we value him, and rightly so, because he's a fantastic player. I think uh, Charlie's claiming that uh, him sending a dog bandana to uh, to uh, to Jacob's dog, which actually got lost lost in the flats that he lives in, but they finally found it, and uh, Jacob's put a picture of the dog ban- dog wearing its dog bandana. Uh, Charlie's claiming that that was the clinching thing. I'm sure James will come to you in a minute to clarify that. But Tom, you were talking about Jake Taylor uh, being a great signing. And obviously, somebody that you were chuffed to bits with, Jacob's another one, isn't he? Oh, delighted by this signing. Um, I mean, he was Aston Villa paid nine hundred grand for him at seventeen, and it's five years later, and he's uh, twenty-two. So, um, yeah, interesting one with Jacob because he was clearly very good for us, and all our January signings made an impact. And he just settled us down, didn't he, with him and Reese Bennett at the back? Um, but I remember. Um, at the end of the season, just having to dig around at some of the stats in Y Scout and stuff. And I was looking at Badal and he, he, he just didn't really stand out at any particular stat. And it just made me, you'll love this phrase, but it, it just reminds you that not to be too heavy on the stats and you actually just need to watch games and see what's going on on the pitch because I, I sometimes do it doesn't. Does, I do love that. I thought you would <laughs> like that. Um, so it's, it's the eye test is always critical and, and stats can go so far but actually just seeing what's on the pitch we also like what a debut for uh, at Spurs to come in yeah. and it not only did an all right job it just was finesse of bringing gliding the ball out against the oh. Premier League side and then um I think it was it Wimbledon the game after as well that we just looked very very solid I think the thing that um uh, Joel touched on this um before about academy players that have not had much experience. I know, obviously, Jacob was on loan at Scunthorpe um, and, and had played, well, at loan at Scunthorpe before he came to us, but instantly he looked match-ready, whereas yeah. you get some players on loan, and I think if we're really honest, some of the loan players that we had last season perhaps weren't 
quite ready for League One football, um, you could argue. Some of the lone players that we've got in, whereas he just stepped straight into it. So he looks like an experienced head on young shoulders. And um, it's good to see that we've actually got two players that are of good age, that if they have a good season, that what we're about is there's resale value on it. And if a bigger club comes to them and gives us a good bit of money, then we'll wish them up. That's just where we are in the in the ecosystem. And um, I don't think anyone's scared to say that. And they're of good ages where if it goes well, then there could be some resale value in them. I think they possibly could, because the simple fact is, League One, as we've seen, is a, is very much a step up from uh, League Two and very much a step up from under-23s football. Uh, and somebody who can put two Tottenham players on their arse and then take it to the halfway line, like he did in his debut, uh, straight away, there was 3,000 Morgan fans going, who is he? You know, that was just fantastic to see. But... So James, uh, that's obviously been one of Derek's one of Derek's long term targets. Was that right, or was it just a deal that came because Vincent Company said, "Yeah, he can go." What happened? Entirely down to Derek and Greg and Mick um, and the team that that, that that assesses all the different um, signings that we, 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 we've made and we're trying to make. Um, there's there's a huge number of names flying around um, in this this in the transfer windows, and some come off and some don't. That was one that really early on was mentioned. And I think probably all of us as directors, just like every single fan, was like, oh, I really hope that one happens. <laughs> but, you know, you, you just don't know which ones are going to come off and which ones aren't. Um, but, yeah, I think to, to, to Tom's point on stats, and Tom and I can geek each other out on the stats from quite quite easily, and he's gone way way beyond me now on, on, the, on the stat understanding. Um, but the one stat that you, you you can't really assess on on Y Scout or even Football Manager for those of us who are amateurs is it's just attitude, attitude and just general general personality. Um, and, um, and and Jacob's just just a good lad and he does everything well um, and he fits in. And so yeah, it, it, it's really it's a really encouraging signing. I'm thrilled thrilled about it. Really really thrilled about it. Um, I, I almost want to pinch myself and not say anything more because. Every single time in my life that I got really excited about signing, it turned out to not quite work out um, because of something that we can't possibly predict. But yeah, really, really thrilled about this one. Listen, Charlie will tell you nothing can possibly go wrong when when Chief, it was his dog, is that right, Joel? It is Chief, yeah. Chief, Chief the dog has got a Morecambe bandana on and his dog walks. And, and I will say this, and I'm normally critical of Charlie, but Charlie sent me the picture of, of, of Jacob's dog in a dog bandana quite a few weeks ago. That wasn't like a couple of days ago. That no. was quite a long time ago, that. So I did give him credit on Twitter. I did say, yeah. well played, that's good pre-closing. Yes, it is. So looking ahead, um, we've got uh, Fleetwood Town in the fog. Oh, no, hang on, that was last season. We've got Fleetwood Town. Fleetwood Town in a heat wave. I can't see the beam fog this uh, this week, James. But um, they've invested really, really well. Joel Garner's scoring goals for fun. They've had a pretty good start. It's going to be a tough game. Yeah, it'll be a tough game. I, I don't think there's there's really much that can be read into the results so far this season. You need more results than this um, to, to to assess the, the different level of different teams and the form and everything. Um, but yeah. We'll, Going to the game and massively respect Fleetwood. Um, I, I like what I hear from, from, from Scott Brown. He, he seems like a like a decent bloke, and obviously he comes with a huge, um, a huge, a huge sort of personal brand. But he doesn't seem sort of overly bothered about his personal brand. He just seems like a good bloke. Uh, so yeah, I, I wish Fleetwood well. Apart from when they're playing us, and apart from when the games that they're playing are going to affect um, how, how we're compared to them. Um, so you don't wish them well at all, really. <laughs> I wish I wish them well when 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 they're playing teams that we don't care whether they beat or not. Um, but those, like I don't think we can read into, too much into any teams form yet this season. There's only been a couple of league games, so it's it's way too early to work out who's, who's good and who's not. Well, the only thing I'll say is that that remember that game uh, in in the fog where for about twenty minutes we were in the barter card and we couldn't even see the halfway line and we were like, he's got to abandon this. And if, if memory serves, that was nil-nil. So that's going to be my prediction because we've had it twice already. But anyway, Joel, your thoughts on Fleetwood? Yeah, obviously. <clears throat> I mean, it was interesting watching them last season in a few points. I think, I remember I watched their game against Plymouth on the Tuesday night that we weren't playing. And they, they could be so soft and flimsy at times. I think they went 3-0 down. 
But at the same time, they had some really nice attacking players that can actually really light it up with some good football. I remember, I think we all remarked the same thing when we played them in the home game, despite they didn't, the fact they didn't score. They had some really nice moments. So they've got some really tricky little players. Obviously, they've kept Paddy Lane, which is pretty massive for them. Uh, at the same time, to it, it looks like it could be a little bit more of the same this season. They've, they've still got some good tricky players opening day. I know not to read too much into it, but they did concede two set-piece goals against uh, Port Vale. But you know, like you say, it's, it's too early to really make a sweeping assessment of them. I expect there'll be a bit of a continuation of that kind of having a few skillful players up front and kind of how, and they'll probably try and keep on the deck a bit. I'm, I'm just looking at some numbers now and it looks like they're kind of veering that way. But like we said, again, very small sample size. Let's not read too much into it. But yeah, uh, it'll be an interesting one. I think it's hard to know whether they'll be down uh, at the bottom of the table because there's so many variables in it. And then they, it does look like they've recruited quite, quite strongly at the same time. I agree. I think Jay, uh, with James, I think Scott Brown, it's it's weird looking at what I've seen him from his interviews. Is he, he, his interview persona as a manager is completely different to the his on-pitch persona. It's quite funny, really. And the fact that he's actually got hair now, um, which is quite alarming. But uh, yeah, he's a new manager. He is untested. It is a bit of an unknown. It could be amazing. It could also be absolutely rubbish and he could be completely not ready for it. We, we just don't know. So yeah, it's an important one to win. Local Derby, so you want to win that as well. And yeah, we'll just go into it like we do every game, you know, with a plan and uh, a plan and a kind of a a few ideas of how to win. So, uh, Tom, we expecting uh, a, a, another uh, call from his own half to give us the points. Take one for one yard, to be to be honest. Um, <laughs> just they all count, don't they? Um, no, it's I'll, to echo the comments of Bean. I think it's very easy just to automatically put Fleetwood relegation. Um, the reality is that we want to be finishing above Fleetwood. I would disagree with James on the on the front of saying I wish them well. I, I don't. I don't want them to win <laughs> games, really. I don't, because I think they're a realistic... I think there's a bunch of teams that we need to finish above to have a realistic chance of staying up, and, and I would say Fleetwood are one of them, and I'd include teams like Cambridge as well, that obviously had a, a, a very strong season last year, but I'll be lying if I said if there's an Ipswich versus Fleetwood or Ipswich versus Cambridge or Ipswich versus Cheltenham, I want Ipswich to get three points every time because it's almost like a two-league league where you've got the, the haves and the have-nots. And so um, it's an important game on Saturday that we could really do with getting three points to, to give us a bit of a boost. But um, yeah, difficult to know where Fleetwood are. Um, they've made some some decent signings. I mean, getting Callum Morton on... Um, on a permanent, not a cracking bit of business. Uh, I know George Ellick, who um, from not the top 20 thought I was an outrageous signing, he should be playing the championship. Um, who else have got uh, Vela that we know well from Shrewsbury. Um, as Joel said, they've got Paddy Lane. That's well, a sensational player. I don't know how he's not gone yet. I think he's been linked away. So there'll be a tricky side and we just, just hopefully they've got a bit of that soft belly that they had um, in defense last season, but an unknown quantity at this stage. And I'll come to you finally with this one, James, because obviously uh, Alan Nixon uh, has been linking that uh, Fleetwood have made a low six-figure offer for Cole. So have you got anything to say on that? Or do you just want to laugh me out of town? <laughs> no, I've got two things to say. One's not on that, and I'll come back to that. The first thing, and I'm not taking Tom to task here. Um, Tom and I get on really well. Um, but I've heard quite a few people, whether it be DPD4 or NTT20 or Dave Salmon or others, talk about this this two-tier league and talk about, you know, at the early point in the season, we've got 44 games left, that there's going to be this, this separation and, and we all have to accept our place in, in the hierarchy. I don't buy into that at all. I, I genuinely feel like, regardless of the fact we've got to, to acknowledge the, the budgetary differences and acknowledge um, the, the, the amount of time that some teams have had to build their squads up and everything else, I think if you start off a season and you believe that you're going to be battling away with X number of teams and you're worried about what Fleetwood are going to do because you think you're going to be down there with Fleetwood, I think you, 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 you fall into the trap of where Morecambe used to be, which is um, almost you you you, you, you you pre predict where you're going to be and then you end up being there because you predicted it. So that's not to say that I don't accept that we've got a tough job on our hands this season. We absolutely have. But um, if I could swear, I would say B-O-L-L-O-C-K-S to the two-tier league thing. I, I, 
I just don't buy into that yet. We'll know what this league looks like in 15 games. Uh, as things stand at the moment, it's a league nobody's got any form to talk of yet. And we could easily be in the middle rather than being bashing where we, where we fall teams at the bottom. And we have to think like that. Otherwise, we'll end up bashing the way we fall teams at the bottom. If Charlie were here, he'd say this classic thing, you know, aim for the, aim for the stars, you'll hit the, hit, hit the clouds. If you aim for clouds, you'll, you, you won't get off the ground. But um, we've got to we've got to approach this season believing more than we're going to be one of those teams battling and twenty is good enough because it's not. Um, and I know that's exactly what Derek's thinking, even though Derek is obviously frustrated and wants to get better players in and all these other things. But yeah, two tier leagues, too early to say. It's it's too too easy to repeat what D three and D four and NT two twenty have said. Um, on the coal thing, um, I'll say this: there has not been a serious offer for coal stockers. Simple period. That's, that's and, and that's that's perfect because, uh, like I say, um, Charlie was on last week and uh, he was alluding to the fact that there were, you know, there were th- there was nothing happening. So that was good. So I, I'm happy with that. So um, looking at that, um, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, there was a general. <laughs> it sort of made me chuckle last night when the draw was made for the next round of the Carabao Cup. Because obviously one of the teaser little videos they were putting on was when Jack Dunn scored the hat trick, which I was fortunate enough to be there and commentate on that night when we beat Rotherham uh, and scored five goals. And uh, I have vivid memory, they used this little thing. And Jack Dunn was, you know, quite a few of my mates were saying, oh, you know, look at him, Billy Big Balls, you know, coming on here. And I was like, well, he did say it was his best game ever, which was true. And I remember doing the commentary and still commentating and people were taking off the headphones and coming to talk to me while I was doing the commentary, going, who the F is he? <laughs> and I'm like writing down on loan from Liverpool. And I, I just held it up because I got that sick of Liverpool, Rotherham reporters coming up to me while I was commentating. And I was like, on loan from Liverpool. And they were all oh, right. So we got Rotherham. Uh, there was a lot of an all-round disappointment. And I suppose that comes from... Obviously, we we had a great home game against Preston. We got last two FA Cup draws have been brilliant in the third round away at Tottenham, away at Chelsea. And you suddenly come to expect, expect oh, we've beaten somebody big, so we'll get somebody else big. But I think Rotherham, it's it's a doable game, James. No, I haven't, I haven't muted myself. No, I agree. Um, the last time we played Rotherham, the beat has come to me from a scoreline perspective, but it was one of our best performances of the season. So we lost 2-0, um, outplayed him. Yeah, we, we did, and, and their manager admitted it, and um, we gave them a game, we gave, we gave them good games in the past. Also, championship size didn't fare very well on Tuesday night. Um, no. it, wasn't, it wasn't a great night for the championship in, in, in the Carabao Cup. So... As much as it would have been nice to get, I don't know, Leeds, Leeds at home or Barrow at home or Leeds away or Barrow at home, then we just have to beat, beat Rotherham. Um, and and if, if we if we beat them, then we get another great opportunity for a good tie. If we don't, then it's a good test for the team um, before we go into play whoever we're playing next. So, yeah, it's we can't complain about cup ties. The last couple of years have been no. pretty good. So I think, I think the only thing I'm going to say then, Joel, is that Obviously, uh, you've got some past history there, but uh, we have to go to Yorkshire. <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think I put, I put this out last night. It's 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 a difficult tie now. It's a winnable one, obviously. You know, they're they're not as high on the table as Stoke are supposedly going to be. Although we obviously we'll see come the end of the season. But uh, you know, but it's still a tricky tie, and obviously they were good last season. But it's not quite tricky enough to be kind of. Fun, <laughs> like a big time. But at the end of the day, you know I, what? Like, you called it fun and sexy, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to put an explicit tag on the podcast for. I don't know. We said worse, haven't we? So, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a tricky game. It's not. It's difficult without being madly difficult. It's another no, free hit, though, um, isn't it? It's yeah, a, a bit of a one. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're not quite. Uh, low down enough for us to be a banana skin for them, but uh, I think, yeah, I think like you say, we've had plenty of uh, really nice, sexy ties over the past couple of years. We've had Chelsea, we've had Tottenham, we've had the Pre- I mean, obviously Preston in the Championship as well, but obviously being local and having them at home. I, I, I unfortunately wasn't able to make that game, but I'm chatting to people who were there, so it was an amazing atmosphere, and obviously the, the Blackburn away one as well was really great. So We've had a bit of luck in the past couple of years. So, you know what? We've got to take it in the chin and say, fair enough. 
you know, that's how it goes sometimes. I think it? I'm going to jump in here and quickly say the most excitement I've experienced from the Morecambe fan base about a cup tie was not Tottenham or, or, or Chelsea. It was Buxton away. <laughs> the, the, the reaction to getting Buxton away in the cup was just massive. And then we, it got picked as a prime TV game. And that was then the worst game that any fan has ever experienced for playing and the weather and a general experience perspective. So Rotherham away is probably going to be a cracker. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Buxton wasn't what it was cracked up to be. I know. Well, I do. I remember I, I was, uh, it was just after I'd had a knee, a knee operation. And I was, so I was unable to make, I was back at home with my parents. I, you know, I had the knee strapped up and crutches and everything. So I couldn't go to a, you know, a rickety terrace in, a, in the middle of like a, what was it, in North Derbyshire or whatever. Up a massive hill, and then I think, oh, a bit cutting, you know, what a, what a great because if I was back in Manchester, train journey easy there, have, you, have a great day. And then just as the day was on, switching the TV on, it's sheeting it down with rain. I'm like, you know what? I'm sat at home under a couple of blankets and a dressing gown. I'm, I'm okay, <laughs> I'm pretty pleased. I've come to Tom now because I want to pick up on something that Joel said there. In the fact that we're not kind of low enough anymore to be a banana skin, which I think is one of the greatest quotes. <laughs> um, so uh, Rotherham are not going to be frightened of us, but at the same time, Paul Warren's still their manager and, and we played pretty well against them in both games last season. Yeah, just before we dive into that, um, if anyone's wanting some lottery ticket numbers and we should speak to my mate Will Daniels as a Rotherham fan because just after we went through penalties on Tuesday he whatsapped me saying well in mate you lot at the New York um, NYS in round two please I replied would take that so would I and lo and behold so um get, get lottery numbers for Saturday <laughs> absolutely um but yeah it's it, I, I was sat with um the guys I sit with in the, the stand on on Tuesday I thought it's, it's weird because I'm stoke at, at home. I remember the times like when we were at, at Christie Park, that would have been, you know, something we're talking about for weeks on end. And it just kind of came and went. And it was like, didn't he, I almost felt like the Stoke fans were more nervous than the Morka fans. <laughs> like it, like they'd just been giving um, Ripley so much grief. And I was like, I just want to win just so he can celebrate in front of them. Like it's, it's almost funny how like, We've, for fans that have been following for a while, how these games are just coming thick and fast now that we just, yeah, it's just weird to see where we are, like in the world anymore. Like, is it taking them for granted? We're not a banana skin, like Joel said. Well, yeah, low, low, people, my dad said, my dad said, uh, who doesn't come to many games, they're a big crowd tonight. I was like, no, this is a really low crowd these days, dad. So, uh, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a weird dynamic. It'd be good to, Get someone like uh, a minnow like Bradford in the the next round or someone like that, <laughs> or Carlisle, or Carlisle. That that'll go down well with both sets of fans. Thanks for that, Tom. We've got to deal with the fallout next week. Um, so I'll I'll come to the crowds because obviously we was it two thousand nine hundred against Stoke and Stoke brought about eight hundred, which was a great turnout on the night. But obviously, looking at the attendances, as I alluded to in the uh, the home game against Shrewsbury with a, a wet through Berlin Wall. Um, what are we up to now on season tickets? Is it up to 2,800, James? It's around about that number. Um, we'd, be, we'd be lovely to break 3,000. We don't, we obviously set the cap because we can't go over that. We've got to have some tickets to sell on the day, um, <laughs> which is which is which is which is random. And actually, um, Tom and I had a, had a, had a quiet bet. And I was, I would have been comfortable this season, not that I'm not ambitious, but I would have been comfortable this season with us selling 2,500 without that. Um, amazing, but maybe slightly misguided kids deal that we offered in, in, in the previous season. We are, we're pushing, we're pushing towards 3,000, which is great. Fan, fan numbers have been fantastic. Um, one comment I'll make on the Peterborough game is that I think Peterborough are going to have to rethink um, where they put the, the, the away fans when there's only 300 of them, because sticking 300 Morecambe fans in the top corner of a main stand where they make some noise, yeah. Sing, yeah. is a massive mistake, and I've got to take credit away from our fans who were fantastic and stood exactly. all the way up to the 80th minute without, without, without like breaking step. But I mean, it felt like we were at home in that in that main stand because um, 300 more fans just made more noise than how many thousands of people fans. 
Um, yeah, it's really, 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 really good. Um, I'd love us to get to the point where we're averaging such a high number that we've got to look at um, how to work out what to do with the Berlin Wall. Um, but let's see where we get to this season. Um, we can't be complacent. We can't, we can't sort of get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, it'd be really, really nice if that 4-7 at Shrewsbury is 2-7 against Stoke in the Carabao Cup on a Tuesday night. If that translates through into us pushing five um, for, for the home games um, in the league this season. Could I just add um, that James predicted that we get two and a half and I said 3,000? Yeah, I've got I, to I reach, you, you, yeah, but you've got to reach the stars, James. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Good point. You see, now... Uh, well, can I just point out that if your mate gives me six numbers on Saturday, that there'll be a triple-decker sand stand down the Tyson Fury side by this time next season, and, and we'll have 5,000 season ticket holders. But there you go. I'm just saying. Dream on. Yeah. Um, so um, just a little bit about um, what's going on this week. Um, off the field, any developments, James? Or uh, are, we, are we just sticking with the... the uh, you know, um, the tried and trusted squad. Uh, is there any news with anything that's going on with uh, with the uh, admin side or coach travel? Um, well, you, you know, we're, we're, we're at our limit now. We need to ship players out before we can bring anybody in, anybody else in. So don't expect any signings um, un, until um, until there's, there's, there's changes the other way. Um, I think that uh, everything behind the scenes is going really well, which has, you know, got nothing to do with me anymore. It's entirely down to Ben and, and, and the team. I mean, they're doing a cracking job and they had lots of lots of stuff that they learned from the Shrewsbury game um, that will be carried forward into games this season. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing big in terms of reporting from, from behind the scenes, to be honest. Um, we're, we're, we're in the process of, of doing something with regard to um, bringing um, some sort of former players thing together, but I won't comment more on that for the moment. I'll, I'll let that come together and um, and that can, that can be announced um, in, in the future. But for the moment, yeah, two games into the season, we just need to fill the Mazuma and 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 keep learning because um, every season it seems like we're, we're we're testing limits that we didn't think we'd be testing the season before. Well, uh, for my for my sins, I, I'm I'm hopefully well. I, I've been asked to be involved in the former players' association because uh, I remember the uh, you know the, the halcyon days of 1980 81 in that in that uh, Adidas kit that I was talking about before. Uh, and those players of that season have got every right to be in the former players' association, just like the promotion team of two thousand and seven, et cetera, et cetera. But strangely, um, like I say, uh, Joel, the the uh, Shrimps Trust uh, have passed on the coach travel. The coach, the, the the club have taken that over. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I think that, that I, we've had a couple of queries. I think just there seems might be a little bit of confusion. We're advertising it for the uh, for the club, obviously where where we can, uh, because obviously some people will have used this previously. So we're now making them aware of that it's now with with the um, with the club, and obviously you know we've had people who've run it for a few years. If you know if we ever need to, you know, is there any advice needed or anything like that, you know, we're always in hand. Uh, but yeah, it is it is being uh, entirely organised by the by the club now, uh, and just on any other kind of. Shrinks Trust business. Uh, just a reminder: the uh, the AGM is on the twenty fifth of August at the Thursday, Thursday the twenty fifth. Yeah, so if you fancy coming down, then that'd be great. And I did notice that uh, the club have sent the email out, and Shrinks Trust have followed it on, saying coach travel for the Bolton game uh, is now available, uh, and that's going to be a, a a bit of a humdinger. I feel, guys, I've left that till last because obviously uh, we've got a bit of history with Mister Everett, haven't we? Two one-all draws, uh, one of them where we should have been maybe 3-0 and out of sight, goal disallowed, missed penalty, and then uh, the shenanigans that go that went on there, they've been discussed. But then, obviously, uh, Bod Varson's equaliser in the 94th minute that broke our hearts at, uh, at the Uni Bowl last season. So uh, we've got some unfinished business there, James, haven't we? No comment on Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, want, uh, do, you want me to, do you want me to field this one because I wasn't at the Mazuma? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I, I was um, I was in uh, just uh, in the mountains near Machu Picchu on my honeymoon, um, biking, 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 biking down um, a really really long hill, which took about two and a half hours downhill, and I was getting sporadic reception. And I, I remember checking my phone, and I think it was twenty minutes to go. I think one all with Bolton with 10 men. I was like, come on, we've got a chance here. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the stage, I think we've gone uh, a ton of games without 
a win, and I was like, got to get a win here. And then I was like, what the hell has happened here? <laughs> I know it would have been one nil to us, really. Yeah, or nil nil. I can't remember, but it, I was it like, was. got to get a win here. Um, it was because they equalised in injury time. So. That's right. But um, when we played so well, um, focusing on the football, and um, and then the the Bolton game away was the second game that um, back in the country for me, and. Um, I blame um, the football gods. Um, football gods blame Will, Will uh, Wild Bill, who was next to me at Bolton away, going, "They're never going to score. They're never going <laughs> to score." Uh, <laughs> oh, I was just, I was, you know, you just don't say that, do you? Don't, don't talk with them. And then um, it was very enjoyable. Um, I'd still, still sometimes watch the uh, Bolton fans and um, clip of Bolton fans singing "Morecambe's um, Going Down" at the end of the game. So. Um, Bound to be a spicy affair, but uh, it's just a I, bit of a ran- random rivalry and um, hope it just uh, stays quite tepid, but a bit of fun. Yeah, it could be fun. But um, just just as, as before we wrap things up, that will be the probably the one of the very rare uses in a sports podcast where somebody used the phrase cycling down Machu Picchu. <laughs> <laughs> near, near Machu Picchu, near. <laughs> Just you know, I just thought you know, you know me. I like I like random lines. That's a quality line, that Tom. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sticking with Puru Guru forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. I know that was poor quality, but it, you know, it's uh, it does exactly what it says on the tin. That's great. So, th- thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed that. We've dissected everything I can possibly think of. Uh, it only leaves me to say. Um, I haven't done. I haven't done. I don't do it every week and ask people what their what their um, their actual predictions for the games are because I think that can become a bit, you know, self fulfilling prophecies, like you've already said, James. So I'm I'm not going to bother with that. But suffice to say, I think we all agree that we want to see us keep clean sheets, but at least get maybe a goal or two. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. <laughs> and uh, it, you can catch Tom on Shrimps Online. Obviously, uh, Joel is very active on Twitter and uh, he's been featured on Radio Lanx uh, after the games. Uh, for my sins, I was on Radio Lanx last week talking absolute rubbish at eight o'clock in the morning, quarter to eight in the morning, actually. Uh, that's why I was talking rubbish. And uh, and James, obviously, um, I, I, are you planning to uh, you bring your lovely family up for the game on Saturday? I can't make the game on Saturday, but I'll make the next couple of away games um, and then I'm going to start coming to the home games um, from next month. But um, yeah, I've had a bit of a challenge uh, with, uh, with with getting the family to come north in the last couple of weeks because they're, they're doing all manner of societies. And well, it's, yeah, of course. It's, yeah, and basically, if, if, I go to a, if I go to a game in Morecambe, I have to basically bugger off and leave the family for the entire weekend, which isn't popular when I work quite long hours. Anyway. But yeah, I'll, I'll be up soon. What about what about your your motorhome? Uh, we we were away in the motorhome last week, as you well know, um, or the week before last. Um, I thought, and actually, I, sh- I should apologise to anybody who's a regular listener for um, the fact that I wasn't in the best of states the last time I did this podcast, but I'm in a better state tonight. So that's good. Very professional as always. <laughs> so this has been uh, Shrimp Net. This is Volume Three of Season Twenty Two Twenty Three. Thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the Fleetwood game on Saturday and we'll see you on the terraces at Bolton. We'll be back next week. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, we're always positive, aren't we, guys? But thanks to James. Thanks to Joel. And thanks to Tom from Shrimps Online. We'll see you then. <laughs>